18 minutes it is before 9pm. We're under the microscope uh, this evening here on Metro FM Talk and uh, we try and make sense of uh, what's happening out at the Zondo uh, Commission of Inquiry into Allegations of State Capture. And uh, joining me on the line to make sense of the last day or so of testimony, largely focused around the receiver of revenue, is Mbalentle Mtetwa, uh, the SABC Specialist Economic Reporter. Mbalentle, good evening to you and welcome. Thank you for having me. Good evening. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming through. Uh, Mbali, let's maybe start off, uh, I guess, with the uh, a testimony of one Athol Williams. I mean, uh, we know much of the last two days or so has been dedicated to testimony covering some of the developments at uh, the South African Revenue Service uh, yeah. over the last while. Uh, talk mm. to me about the testimony of Athol Williams and I guess how it places into perspective the role of Bain uh, in the project of uh, state capture ostensibly at the receiver of revenue. Okay. Well, you know, <clears throat> I have, it seems as mm. though there were a few gaps there, you sure. know, and it seems as though Ethel is just coming in to give us the bigger picture. And when he started out, he did mention that, you know, um, Bain, I mean, if you go back to the commission, the Nugent Commission, you'll remember that Bain withdrew uh, from giving oral testimony when uh, Viter- but he was allegedly sick mm. and had left uh, an affidavit with the commission and I remember a very angry Judge Nugent um, just expressing his anger and disappointment at how Bain has chosen to handle the matter. Now we've got Ethel uh, Williams coming in and just giving us a full picture and he's essentially said that you know he's confirmed some of the things that came out of the Nugent Commission confirming uh, the fact that uh, Bain had stopped started working with Tom Moyane on a system overhaul at SARS even before he was appointed um, <clears throat> SARS commissioner and even before uh, they were uh, they were awarded the contract at SARS. And you'll remember um, at the Nugent Commission, we heard that uh, they decided to do a complete system overhaul based on um, interviews they'd done with only a handful of SARS employees. And that was one of the points of contention coming out of uh, the Nugent Commission. And we know uh, what came out of that, that, you know, there was a, a purge of, you know, um, w- experienced uh, staff, SARS staff members and so on. So he's basically just come in and also confirmed that there were meetings uh, between Tom Moyane Bain and former President Jacob Zuma. Mm. And it seems as though they were working on a plan to try and do a whole, to try and restructure the entire economy. So, so I guess the, the other thing, Bali, that for me is of interest um, is that, you know, when we talk about um, the transformation of certain sectors and, you know, certain projects uh, linked to the modernization of, uh, you know, the uh, capability and capacity within SARS, um, I mean, how, how much of that chimes up, I guess, to sort of subsequent developments that we've seen? And uh, is it better able to explain how some of this has happened? I mean, you did say, you know, one of the leaders at Bain uh, probably, I guess, made for a quick exit uh, for reasons fair or foul. Uh, but from what you certainly heard in the testimony of Athol Williams, um, h- how does it shape up, I guess, to, to subsequent developments that we've seen, especially in the IT department at SARS? Well, you know what? Uh, there, there were a few names that came up from um, Athol Williams' testimony. Uh, two names that come uh, that really that came up quite prominently were the one uh, Sipo Masego, who is. Um, the CEO at Telcom, as well as um, Jabu Mabuza, who was um, who, who was 
uh, chairperson of the board at ESCOM uh, just recently, but at the time he was uh, working in the ICT space. And he's basically, Ethel has basically spoken about uh, also confirmed meetings between um, Sipo Masego and uh, Mabuza and the president basically to try and work out a plan to try and do a whole overhaul and, and, and restructure the ICT sector. Uh, we didn't go into much detail as to how exactly the restructuring of the ICC, ICT sector was supposed to take shape. However, we did take a lot of time looking at SARS and the role that uh, former SARS Commissioner Tom Moyane played in regard to weakening um, SARS. And we know that the new um, the newly appointed SARS Commissioner is also in the process of trying to, you know, restore uh, some of SARS capability. And we know that uh, SARS was weakened quite considerably uh, during the Moyane years. So we, we understand and we know from Ethel's, uh, Ethel Williams' testimony that they were, Bain was aware that um, Moyane would be appointed to the position uh, seven months prior to his um, official appointment and essentially basically just confirming and giving us a round picture of what happened at SARS and the fact that the plans to restructure um, these institutions started very early on. But the question, you know, that remains is if this system overhaul was beneficial for any of these sectors, be it in the ICT sector or for SARS, it's, it's really, it remains to be seen. The benefits of that system overhaul remains to be seen and that restructure remains to be seen. Mm, mm. Bali, I want us to take a brief pause here and uh, take a quick spot break. But when we come back, I want us to uh, go into a bit more depth uh, of course, into uh, the Tom Moyane factor and uh, in particular the theatrics we saw at the commission yesterday uh, between, you know, advocate uh, Dalim Borfusini Council um, and, of course, some of his counterparts there and uh, the uh, chair of the commission, uh, Deputy Chief Justice Zondo. But let's take this break and we'll continue with that after this. Eight minutes it is before 9 p.m. and uh, we are in conversation this evening under the microscope with uh, a specialist economic reporter here at the SABC, Mbalent Tetwa, uh, who was out at the uh, Zondo Commission uh, of Inquiry into Allegations of State Capture and uh, where much of the uh, last two days or so have uh, focused on a testimony from the South African Receiver of Revenue, SARS. Um, and uh, uh, Mbali, before we went to the break, I guess I was, you were mentioning uh, the Tom Moyane factor and, of course, um, you know, the uh, strained working relationship between him and, at the time, his political principal, <coughs> Pravin Gordon, who was the Minister of Finance. It seems a lot of those tensions are out in full display yesterday as uh, Pravin Gordon uh, was questioned by uh, the uh, counsel for Tom Moyane, Dalim Bofu. Uh, yes, indeed. And, you know, that he had actually collected um, a trillion rand in, in, so, in, so in, jealous in tax how, revenue. I mean, jealous because, I guess, you know, uh, Pravin Gordon was his predecessor as the commissioner at SARS and therefore he performed better than Pravin in that role or, or, or what? I, well, I think that's what they're trying to allude to. I mean, um, Moyane came in um, at the Nugent Commission of Inquiry and again here at the South Commission of Inquiry, calling himself the the trillion rand, you know, man, and that he was mm. the only South Commissioner who was able to collect that much. And he he 
it seems as though it might appear as though he he did not get the recognition he was hoping to get or expected to get from the former South Commissioner uh, Praveen Gordon. And he then says that's when the hostility between them started. And obviously, this is an allegation that um, Praveen Gordon has denied. And we've also heard allegations of racism, another allegation that uh, Praveen Gordon has denied. Uh, we've heard um, Moyane, um, Moyane's lawyers basically um, asking uh, Gordon about conversations they had and um, making references to certain things that he may have said in conversations um, to uh, one of the allegations is that um, because Pravin Gordon called Moyane cheeky, you know, and told mm. him to grow up, um, and he, they are saying that the, that was a sign of racism, or that they are treating that as a sign of, of racism, and they are essentially saying that, you know, he said that because, you know, um, he, 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 he's condescending and he looks down on um, uh, Tom Moyane, and they ask him questions like, like, you know, is that a conversation you would have with someone who is, you know, the same age as you and so on. But, you know, the, the, that was the back and forth that mm. we saw, you know, between uh, Tom Moyane's lawyers and Previn Gordon yesterday. Obviously, Previn Gordon vehemently denying all of those allegations. We also heard um, him being questioned about a propensity to to basically make assertions without any proof. You know, uh, we heard about a judgment where a high court, uh, uh, ju- uh, high court found that uh, Pervin Gordon, um, a high court full bench rather, found that uh, Pervin Gordon um, had made comments, recklessly mm. made comments that he couldn't back up with, you know, concrete facts. And then... That, uh, that then um, Moyana's legal team went on to ask him if he had the propensity of making such comments and, mm. you know, making, um, you know, um, very um, deflammatory, you know, comments about people without um, facts. And he was asked if he relied on gossip, you know, to make uh, his, when he made the assertion that the, when the, that the criminal case that was mm. brought against him by Tom Moyane uh, was driven by the state capture project. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, Gordon not agreeing with any of those comments, saying he does not have the propensity to do so, saying that he is not racist mm. and that he did not entirely rely on gossip, you know, when he made those assertions. And when it was time for him to be cross-examined, uh, we heard him just explain that he was not aware that he was not included in the criminal complaint that was laid uh, by Tom Moyane against uh, certain members, um, who, certain officials rather, who, uh, who were working at SARS. Mm. And this was obviously around the alleged rogue unit. Uh, that's also come up quite prominently. It is unclear if there was indeed a SARS rogue unit. We understand that uh, the um, reports prepared by the public protector has been uh, set aside, uh, given the fact that um, the High Court judge found that, you know, he relied on discredited reports such as uh, the Skakana report and so on to, you know, arrive at a conclusion. Mm. So it is really unclear if there was indeed a SARS rogue unit Mm. or if there wasn't a SARS rogue unit. Mm. I don't know if this is one of the areas that the commission, uh, the State Capture Commission of Inquiry 
inquiry will be looking into, but we do understand that it will be looking at how governance was weakened at key institutions, including SARS, and how that uh, created a breeding ground or fertile mm. ground for the state capture project yeah. to fester. Palentam Teto. We'll have to leave it there, Siswam. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. Would have loved to touch on a few uh, other areas, of course. So one being uh, the looming and imminent appearance by uh, President Sir Ramaphosa at the Commission. And, of course, uh, many anticipating fireworks tomorrow from the Constitutional Court in relation to uh, the Jacob Zuma matter. And we'll certainly pick that up tomorrow here on Metro FM Talk. Mbalentlem Teto, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Valentin Tetwa, the specialist economic reporter here at the Public Broadcaster, the South African Broadcasting Corporation. 9 p.m. is the time. We'll have to leave it here, folks. It's Posapinda Mbondozo Bao. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Ukiwa gombona kutubela na nangoku siya ibanga. Le ekonomi.